And welcome back to another episode of Per My Last Email. You've got Iron Mike here. Glad to be joined by, once again, by my good friend, Papa Ganoush. Ganoush, it's been quite some time since we've been on the airwaves. I think you might have had a pretty big life event happen recently. I know, dude. The dogs are 6-0, and or are they 7-0 right now? So that's oh, well, life event. That's, I mean, that's a great life event. We have not lost talking the game more yet. about your betrothal to your lovely wife. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, our good friend uh, Ganoush uh, tied the knot at the end of last month. I was honored to be the best man at his wedding, uh, and it really was quite an honor. And he went on a lovely honeymoon to the luxurious Sandals, Jamaica. Feeling hot, hot, hot. It was great, man. Uh, there's no breeze there. It's like about 150 degrees and 99.9% uh, humidity, but the beaches are really cool. Uh, everybody smokes weed and loves Bob Marley down there. So that's really all you need to know about. Yeah. But Sandals is fun, man. They just overpour their drinks and uh, we got pretty lit. I probably had like 75 icebergs a day, which is like half margarita, half red stripes. So I gained about 75 pounds. Too. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I guess you'll have to you'll have to work off that uh, that honeymoon. Yeah, week. we got the uh, Peloton treadmill, dude. It's pretty sweet. I mean, I, I haven't used it yet, but it looks pretty sweet. You know what I mean? Are you going to use it? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we're like doing some. We're now, putting... what do you like run on those things, or is it like virtual running, where you like think about running and you run? No, yeah, they out? they strap you to this machine and they like move your legs for you, and you can just eat popcorn and like drink like big gulps while you do it. Um, no, yeah, they just have like classes. Like, there's a bunch of chads like screaming at you, saying like, "Pump it up, pump it up, pump it up." Come on, you're doing great. But where do you think they find those chads at? I mean, probably any. Uh, place that has a speakeasy in New York, so probably every corner of New York with like a guy that was a failed male model um, and uh, over thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt. I'd say. Well, I guess I must live in Simpville because I don't see any yeah. of those, or at least they don't live in my apartment. Um, well, great. All right, so we are pleased to have uh, on the podcast with us today our good friend, a dear listener of the program, uh, head guidance school counselor for Cass High School. Go, go, Colonels uh my brother andrew andrew welcome to uh the podcast I, I hear you're on pins and needles uh about this upcoming atlanta braves game at the time of taping uh the braves are just uh first pitch is just about to commence in game f five of the nlcs thanks for having me on and yeah i'm uh i'm pretty nervous i'm, uh, I'm not not feeling too hot right now stomach's a bit in knots but Hopefully the Bravos find a way to uh, win this bullpen game, take it from the Dodgers, and go to the World Series for the first time in memory. Now, me and you are diehard Braves fans, but Ganoush here, uh, he just seems to love the dogs. He is a fair-weather baseball fan. Yeah, who's pitching? Is it Tom Glavin or Steve Avery? Uh, that, uh, I, yeah, I guess my first question to Ganoush is why you hate America's team. Uh, and you're not rooting for the Braves. Oh, I don't hate the Braves at all, to say the least. I mean, I'm, I would love to see the Braves win a championship. I feel like everybody in Atlanta needs a championship badly. I just, I mean, unless I'm drunk, baseball's boring. I mean, I, I like playoff baseball's okay, but I mean, is Chipper Jones still on the Braves? Like Mark Wollers and Fred McGriff? Like is Mike Piazza still on the Dodgers? I don't know. I haven't watched baseball since the nineties. Well, that's a, that's a throwback because Mike Piazza was famous with the Mets from what I remember. But he was also on the Dodgers. I'm pretty sure. And he was. Also Kirk Gibson. Like remember he hit that awesome home run in the eighties. That was great. Oh wow. uh, yeah. I was negative four when that happened. Yeah. I was uh, three. Great, people, great also, people also forget Mike Piazza was on the Marlins for like a week. So we should win. Oh, like early 2000s, mid late 90s. Yeah. 
I was like, what the Hawks had Rasheed Wallace for a day. The Hawks did have Rasheed Wallace for a day. I remember they were, it was like the, the highest selling jersey for like that week. It was the Rasheed <laughs> Wallace Hawks jersey. Um, all right. So we're feeling nervous, Andrew. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping the faith. But I want to shift now to your Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, they're not doing well this year. The Dogs are a far superior team. So defend yourself or, or don't and just stew in the fact that Alabama sucks. Yeah, change my mind. Alabama sucks. No, the tide is we definitely had a letdown against AM. It was disappointing. Our defense certainly isn't, you know, what we're accustomed to seeing with Saban-led teams. I still think Will Anderson's the best defensive player in the country, but I, I will have to acquiesce the fact that I think the Dogs are the more complete team this year. I just think their defense is too stifling. And I, I do end up thinking that it's going to be a one-loss Alabama team versus a no-loss Georgia team in the SEC championship game. Um, I, and, and honestly, I think the Dogs are just the better team this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama could pull it out just because of Saban Magic and because Bryce Young is the Heisman uh, favorite right now. But I thought it was the running back from Michigan State was the Heisman favorite. I, I don't know, Andrew. I mean, our quarterback's like 5'3". He can't even ride the Batman at Six Flags. So, <laughs> Big, Ten, Big Ten football is not real football. So let's just – I agree. Let's just oh, yeah. They, let's just Iowa just lost to Purdue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, no. I mean, Steph the Jet Bennett, the mailman, as he's known around uh, Athens Town, is – he's no Bryce Young, but when you got a defense as good as Georgia that gives up like, what, five points a game? 5.5. Gonna five be, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going be, gonna to be hard to beat that team. All right, Ganoush, let's hear a rebuttal. We know you're a full-throated Dogs fan here, a season ticket holder. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm, we're, we're on to Florida, as they say right now, you know, focusing one game at a time. I, uh, we've been in this position before. I would love to, uh, you know, be the team that beats Alabama in the SEC championship. But part of me also wants to see Auburn knock off Alabama so they don't even get there and we don't have to worry about them because I do think Alabama is the only team that can beat us. I really do. Uh, I think this dog seems the most complete team we've seen in years. Uh, our defense is like, you know, unbelievable. I think Kirby uh, is, I'm worried about him making a bad decision and not putting JT Daniels back in when he's not ready, when he's healthy instead of stick and then sticking with Stetson Bennett because Stetson Bennett has played and here, granted he has played against bad teams, Kentucky at the end of the day, it's still a basketball school. I don't care if they're six and out. Like, I mean, JT, Daniels, I think Kentucky fans might disagree with you there, Ganoush. Right. Well, we know Kentucky fans, Michael. They're absolutely out of their minds. They are out of their mind. That is true. Um, so, I mean, I, I would, I would definitely. I'm worried about JT Daniels not playing against Alabama. Like, we need to get. He needs to get in for this Florida game, and then he needs to not come out, and he needs to not get injured. And uh, you know, they're talking about bringing George Pickens back, who's like the number one wide receiver to me in all of college football, which is healthy. Um, so, I, you know, he'd be. Part of it would be crazy to come back, but then you, you got those uh, NIL deals where, you know, you, you could make money either way. But, you know, to risk another ACL injury being potentially a top, you know, first round or second round draft pick, uh, you know, might be a little crazier for him. But at the same time, we're playing for a natty this year. So it, it would be an opportune time to come back. And I, I think we've uh, we've got a great chance as anybody to, to win it all. Ohio State sneaking back in there. I don't think their defense is that good. Oklahoma, they've got a really good quarterback now in that Caleb Williams guy. But, I mean, to me, Alabama, again, is the only team that can beat us. But I do think we played them ten times. We'd probably beat them six with this team. You know what I mean? If you did, like, a simulation six or seven. But still, like, 
anything can happen with Saban. I mean, he's obviously a better coach than Kirby. Um, I don't know if he's a better recruiter, but I, you know, he's the greatest coach of all time, no so, doubt. So I want to run a hypothetical here by each of you. Uh, Obviously, there seem to be five teams kind of in contention at this point. Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and number two ranked Cincinnati. So in a scenario where Ohio State and Oklahoma win out and win their conferences, and then you have an undefeated Georgia lose to a one-loss Alabama team in the SEC championship, who ends up the odd man out of that five-some? Can you probably really say Cincinnati? That an, probably an undefeated Cincinnati who beat Notre Dame and was ranked number two. Well, I don't. I don't see the committee doing that. I see them shaking it up this year. So I'll, I'll take a crack at this one first. Cincinnati's strength of schedule is just terrible. I mean, they don't play anybody. Yeah, right. they played Notre Dame, but Notre Dame always has the fake news. Notre Dame almost them. lost to Florida State. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame, they are hyped up. They always are preseason anywhere from 12 to 7. They'll win their first five games, and then, you know, the media will continue to hype them up. But they're just not that good. Cincinnati is definitely a good team. I think they showed that last year in their, you know, nail-biter loss to Georgia. But at the end of the day, here's the the cold hard facts. Georgia's the best team in the country. Alabama, a one-loss Alabama, still has more benefit of the doubt than a zero-loss Cincinnati. It's just the way it is. We've been national championships, you know, past, I don't know, we've been in the playoffs every single year. There's no way that a one-loss Alabama team that wins the SEC does not get into the playoffs. Additionally, there's no way that a one-loss Georgia team that loses to Alabama in the SEC championship doesn't get in. And again, you can't bump the undefeated Oklahoma and whoever comes out of the other one. It's- yeah, I agree with Andrew, but here's how they're going to do it. You'll see the fixes in later on because the strength of schedule is getting harder and harder. So Alabama's going to keep winning. They might jump Cincinnati one week. Uh, Ohio State, when they beat an undefeated Michigan team and an undefeated Michigan State team, they're going to jump Cincinnati to like the two spot. Then you got to put Oklahoma in at the three spot when they beat Oklahoma State. So Cincinnati's going to get slowly bumped out. And then they'll come back in if Alabama loses to the Dogs in the, in the uh, SEC Championship or if they lose to Auburn. So that Cincinnati needs Alabama to lose. They're not going to stiff us, I don't think. I think they're too much. Everybody's on our jock finally now. You know what I mean? This is the year Georgia actually can get it. Unless we lose to Florida and then we lose to Alabama, which would be – I'd be on suicide watch. Uh, which would suck. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm looking at it right here, and you've got Ohio State 5, Michigan State, Penn State 7, Michigan State 9. That seems wrong, right? Like, they're a fraud conference masquerading as a football conference. Like, those teams would get smoked by the dogs in Alabama. Yeah, but they're undefeated. So, I mean, th- th- there's not many teams that are undefeated. I mean, you just saw uh, Coastal Carolina lost to App State yesterday. Like, there has a lot to say about not losing a game. Like, SMU's ranked. Do you think that has to do with them playing a Wednesday game? That's got to throw off their schedule, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but at the same time, dude, it's Coastal Carolina. Come on. who? who how many – Five stars are on that team, zero. You know? uh, I think someone here's fiance uh, yeah. went yeah. to Coastal yes. Carolina. So I will be the Chanticleer defender here for a minute as somebody who owns a Chanticleer golf polo and has been to a Coastal Carolina football game. Yeah, they are. They got that teal field. They're in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, not even a Myrtle Beach. Then those guys can absolutely play. Um, I thought Carla went to Bama. She did. She went to grad school at uh, Coastal Carolina for a year. Oh, yeah. So that's my that's that's my shoe in here. Uh, yeah, Coastal Carolina is Coastal Carolina. They lost, but um, they got some guys who can play. I mean, they're all just dirty South Carolina folks, long mullets, and just just the you know the scum of the earth. But 
that was a pretty fun game I went to last year. Um, we're around Christmas time with Carla and her family because they live like five minutes away from Coastal's campus. It was a, it was a good time. That's awesome. All right, let's switch gears here for a second. Uh, obviously, you are a preeminent um, educator of young minds as a head guidance school counselor, Andrew. So why don't you walk our listeners through kind of a day in the life of what you do? It's it's serving the community. It's a very it's a very important job helping uh, a lot of people. Um, so yeah, why don't I think you just were helping administer some national exam at your school. Am I, am I correct in saying that? That's a, that's a yes. Last week was the PSAT week. So it was my, I'm the testing coordinator or the PSAT coordinator rather for the school. So it's my job to make sure that all the rules and regulations are followed from college board, that students know where they're going, that test materials are ordered on time, that uh, test proctors know how to give the test without, you know, breaking protocols, breaking rules, because if there is, if there are irregularities in the test, um, then the school is not able to give College Board tests in the future, meaning we can't give the PSAT, we can't give AP exams, and our tests and our school can't be a center for the SAT. So it was pretty uh, stressful, nerve-wracking stuff, making sure that all protocols were followed to a T. It went off without a hitch. Uh, it did run a little bit longer than I was hoping, um, but we were able to get everybody out by lunch and then on to their third period class. So all in all, for my first time doing it, it went pretty well. Um, I can't, you know, complain too much. Of course, there's a couple things you always want to learn and improve on. But for the first time, I'd give myself probably a B minus B. All right. I like the uh, I like the honesty. Can you hey, anything to add? Yeah, Andrew, let me ask you this. A little change of directions. Are you like Mr. Big Dick on campus now that you made that half court shot and you're viral now? I'm like everybody's probably like, "Wow, Mr. Griffin's the man!" Yeah. For reference, oh, for, for our listeners, you can <laughs> check this out maybe on YouTube or maybe Andrew can text it to you because all 50 listeners of this probably have Andrew's cell phone number. It's true. Um, he hit a half court shot at a pep rally recently, and the crowd just went nuts. So yeah, tell us what was going through your mind, uh, kind of when that happened. All right, so I was uh, I was asked, I was voluntold to be in the pep rally because they needed teachers to, um, and you know, staff members to you know do certain events. Um, I'll I'll pick the picture first. They had the entire basketball team go up there, and Kansas got a pretty good basketball team, and all the Are guys ranked. Um, basketball season hasn't started yet. We were last year. Uh, we have a very good girls basketball team too, um, but. All the guys went up there on the basketball team. They all took their shots, and most of them weren't even close. A couple people hit the rim. Um, then they had a couple other teachers go up there and shoot, and they didn't even come close. So I was, <laughs> the, last, I was the last one up there, you know, 5'9", white guy up there. Just the most competitive basketball I played was definitely at PRUMC in high school. Um, Shout out PRUMC. Yep. But um, I just got up there, and I that's you know, one of the time to let it fly. Took one practice dribble took two steps and shot and just, you know, scraped through the hoop. And I wasn't super surprised it went in. Um, it was just one of those moments in sports where, you know, you did something right the second the ball leaves your hands, like when you hit a really good golf shot and you can just see the ball go. Or when you're playing mm-hmm. baseball and you hit the ball and doesn't even feel it coming off the bat. So the second I left it left my hands, I knew the ball was going in the basket. It was just a matter of time until it went in. And then 
the whole crowd went wild, and I was a pretty popular guy there for about uh, 15 minutes. I'm going to uh, send that video to Bob Mennery and see if he'll do a voiceover for it, Andrew. That'd be that'd be awesome. That would be pretty funny. But um, but yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a, a a highlight of my year so far. It was uh, it was very cool. I was you know the center of attention at the school. I made the joke that uh, they were right when they said I peaked in high school. I just happened to peak when I was 28 years old. <laughs> That's a classic joke. Uh, what are the COVID protocols like at school? Like, are masks a thing or testing or anything like that? Um, the protocols that we have in place now, masks were never required. Um, they were always optional, even going back to last year. Um, students, of course, do wear masks when they want to. Um, I would say probably about 60 to 65% do, and then probably, you know, 35 to 40% don't. Um, the, we do have contact tracing. If you know a student does get a positive test result, it goes through the school nurse and referred to the Department of Public Health. Uh, and there is, you know, quarantining in effect. We've actually been pretty lucky this year. After the first couple of weeks, which was difficult, um, we have had a serious slowdown in the number of cases and the number of contact tracings that have gone on. So we are we are pretty fortunate right now to be where we are. Um, the school also has a system to where if a certain number of students test uh, positive, um, I believe the number is 2% of the school is positive, uh, we transition from green to yellow. And if we go to yellow, um, students can take classes online until we go back to green. Um, and then if we get up to 10%, it goes to red and the school shuts down. We All of last year and all of this year, we have not gone from green to yellow. So we have been, we have been very fortunate in that regard. Ganoush, anything to add? What are your what's your kind of thoughts on when it's gonna you know completely be over? Like in for our schools, like and you not have to worry about any contact tracing, any of that kind of stuff. Are you guys like? I mean, I'll just I'll be. Uh, this is just speaking for me. Yeah. I COVID has not impacted me or really the school much at all. Um, are the kids using it for excuses like get out of tests is my question. Like, I mean, cause oh. think about it, you know, like that's probably the most commonly used excuse for anybody to miss work these days. And I'm not saying they're not, they don't have it. I'm saying, but a lot of people use it that don't have it too. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, there are some people that are always going to gain the system, but then again, right. there's students that, you know, just don't come because they don't come. Um, and I don't want to, you know, bad mouth any of our students because we really do have you know really 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 good kids really good students at our school and i'm super lucky to work you know with such great people and such great kids but i mean kids are kids and they're going to you know try to game the system any way they can sometimes is gen z like as bad as everybody says or are they no they, no uh, that's overblown i mean yeah. they're kids kids make mistakes and yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't think through things but I have not met a single student who is a is a bad kid. They're all they're all good. They all have, you know, good hearts and are genuine people. Um, the one thing that I am not super stoked on with Gen Z is their love for TikTok. And that's just because I'm, you know, more of a more of a Luddite in that sense. I think TikTok and social media just in general it kind of rots people's brains. Shout out to uh, Jackson Mahomes TikTok dancing on Taylor's <laughs> Exactly. On his number. That was a real class act there. Exactly. But I mean, most they just they're doing it just for attention and just so they can, you know, seem popular amongst their friends. But on the whole, now Gen Z is fine. They they mean well and they're they're trying their best. 
what is the worry about influence that social media, you know, like Facebook and Instagram is having on that generation's body image, self-esteem? I'm sure we're all pretty uh, well aware of this recent news that came out from the Facebook whistleblower about kind of Instagram and how they know that it, you know, it's able, it's used to negatively impact, you know, uh, younger girls perception of their bodies. You know, what is, what is the worry is that it's kind of on the front lines of seeing it, you know, I really just read about it in the news, but I don't see it. You know, is there a school policy around cell phone usage or, you know, app usage, anything like that? Um, We have, and, and things have just changed so much since, you know, you and I were in high school, Mike and Connor. It, it's just, it's a different world out there now. I know when we were in high school, we didn't have, you know, computers given to us by the school. We still took, we had smart boards and everything, but we basically took notes on pen and paper for the most part. Our school gives students, every student gets a computer um, when, when they, you know, uh, when they come for the summer or after the summer. So every student has that. And while, you know, make social media sites, of course, are blocked on there. Um, you can't block everything. Of course, students have their phones on them at all times as well. Which- so you don't make them like give up their phone when they go in a classroom. Because I remember when I was in. Yeah, we used to have to put our phone. Right. In, like, a little holder. Yeah. You'd get your phone taken away if you used it when we were in school. That's right. I consider too mean now for for softies of uh, yeah. well, this generation. Well, it's also here's the thing about that. A lot of teachers do that when you come into my classroom, you put yourself on the bin. That, and that's every day. After about a couple weeks of, you know, hey, put yourself in the bin, put yourself in the bin, students are going to stop listening. They're going to try to sneak it in. They're going to have it in their book bag. They're going to sneak it. Again, kids are kids. And it, after a while, and I don't blame the teachers for saying, you know, at this point, what's why would I continue to do this? Why would I continue to try to you know, take this up if it's just going to be like plugging a hole with my finger and then taking it away because it's not going to solve anything. So I I think that's got to be an issue for the teachers, right? Because they want to put out the best they can with their students. They want to, you know, energize their students, get them interested in the material that they're teaching. And, you know, like you said, kids are kids. They may not be interested in, you know, early 19th century American history. So, but you feel bad for the teacher in that regard because it's kind of deflating the role that they play. It's like, oh, you know, this kid doesn't give a crap. He's, you know, on TikTok or whatever while I'm trying to teach. Whereas another student may be more attentive and taking notes or whatever. Sure. That's what teachers really do you know, bust their hump to try to, you know, make their lesson plans as engaging as possible. So it is deflating when, you know, you have to take away a phone six times and then you have to write up a kid who doesn't, who may not want to have that much interest in the class for detention, for insubordination. So it it is, it's super deflating. And our teachers are really, really, really good. I mean, they do their best and they genuinely care about the well-being of our kids. Um, That's what you just like get uh, like an old cell phone and one of your favorite students and like, pretend do a skit and like act like they're on their phone and then just gallagher style get a sledgehammer and break their phone in front of all the other kids that have phones and they won't take them out in class you got to think outside the box like that man also can you guys hear my dog he's eating a water bottle right now so no but uh no, happy one year birthday to chappy i saw yeah. that on instagram recently well done he made it a year around the sun yeah he ate an entire banana today skin and everything I don't know what, <laughs> you know it so that was pretty great Really, uh, really going to town on that banana. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's he's sitting here staring at me. 
but yeah, he's, he's doing great. So Andrew back to school, um, as far as like, you know, uh, coaching yos and stuff like that, do they kind of approach you like as a counselor and be like, Hey, you know, we have a, uh, a position open on the men's football team, you know what I mean? Or like the, you know, the girls volleyball team, whatever, like trying to, cause a lot of the coaches, I feel like have to teach a class or it was when we were growing up. Right. Well, it's a little bit different. Um, one of my coworkers, another counselor who played soccer in college was approached um, to, to help out with the girls varsity soccer team this year. Most people, you know, are like you said, you know, they're teachers too. They're teachers first and then their coaches second. But it, it's more of like a, hey, I'm interested in, you know, helping out with this if you need extra assistance rather than, you know, teachers being like, I'm here to coach and not teach. Um, and that's especially true with, you know, the football team. Um, all the coaches there, you know, they are their teachers and then, you know, they they're recruited and, you know, talked to by the head football coach and then they, you know, join on the staff in some role. But for the most part, you know, teachers aren't being tried to, you know, for a better word, getting poached or asked to be, you know, coaches as well, because, you know, a lot of teachers don't really want to do that because they already have so much other stuff on their plate. I would personally love to be a coach. Um, but if you could coach uh, one sport, what would it be? Lacrosse. The only issue is we don't have a lacrosse program in Bartow County. So there's, um, could you sponsor one like a club program? That would be a lot more work than just having, you know, an actual team. If we were to, you know, have a lacrosse club, we'd have to, you know, find our own transportation and set up our own games and everything. And the lacrosse club would basically just, if it were a thing, it would basically become like secret circle. Like we played in high school, just people grabbing, you know, grabbing their sticks and, uh, just tossing the ball around the backyard in the, uh, in the parking lot and in the uh, backfields. I, I don't foresee that being a thing that comes along anytime soon, but if it does, I'm more than happy to, you know, to, if you're listening to anybody at Cass high school. <laughs> well, I'm sure those kids would be interested. Ganoush, anything to add? Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, I, I got volunteered by my wife uh, to coach a uh, fifth grade girls basketball team. And I'm really excited about that, man. So uh, I'll let you know how that goes. Maybe I could give you some pointers if you're uh, going to be coaching the league. And by I say uh, volunteered, uh, I, I actually, they, they were, they asked if anybody would help out. And I said, yeah, sure. I, I, I could like figure they'd ask me to keep the score or whatever. And they're like, no, actually you're the head coach. Uh, we just had our draft and it went really well. So I'm really pumped, man. We're, I got seven girls on my team, and we're going to be pressing like crazy, running a, a triangle and two uh, defense, and uh, yeah, we're going to win some championships, man. Do gonna, um gonna do those girls? Do they play on a ten foot hoop? They do, and they use a twenty eight point five uh, basketball. So it's actually like pretty big basketball. Like it's like uh, not as I you know not like a youth ball. It's 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 decent size. So. You know, the biggest thing is a lot of, you know, you got to, they don't shoot threes or anything like that. Well, they're not getting on this team. I'll tell you that much. We're going to be a layup and a uh, uh, pass. Can all of the girls get the ball up to the hoop or can some of them not even get it there yet? No comment, but hey, we got a lot of, we're going to be, we're going uh, to. Teaching them the fundamentals, you know, your, 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 right. your, your bounce passes, your chest passes, you know, good, good skills, you know, real, real fundamental game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my niece Braden. Uh, shout out to uh, my niece. She's uh, she's she's great. So shout out. Shout okay, out. Uh, I wanted to end this interview kind of with one more broad based question, Andrew. You've been a fantastic guest. Of the program. We've really appreciated you coming Woo! on. 
Um, just kind of one thing that you could take maybe from your own job or sort of education system in general that you work in. Something that you think, whether it's lines of communication, whether it's, you know, really tailoring lesson plans to meet more students' needs, kind of one area that you could see would benefit from some sort of improvement. One of the areas that has been the biggest challenge for me is communication. Um, letting the students know, you know, what events we're having, getting them excited for things that are coming up at the school and just really making, letting them know what they have to do throughout high school to be successful students has really, really been a challenge. Um, we have a school platform that, you know, we have where we put out our, you know, important messages but just getting kids to actually check that and know what's going on is is really difficult so trying to reach kids and help them the events we have going on just communicate that with them has definitely been probably the biggest challenge on that front what's Um, your least favorite thing and favorite thing about what you do my favorite favorite thing my favorite thing is work is talking to kids about college and helping them you know find you know, scholarships and make college more affordable for them. That part is really, really, really just, just the highlight of my day. Ah, but boy, (laughs) I have my least favorite thing about my job is dealing with parents. They are, some of them are just, some of them are great. And well, most of them are great. I should say, you know, they, they try their best and they want the best for their students, but you're always going to come across a parent or two to just, it's, you know, give this to me right now. You know, if you don't do this now, I'm going to the school board. And then they'll show up at the school and get mad at you. And just dealing with them is, is very, very stressful and not a whole lot of fun. Yeah. But- Have y'all had any issues with parents coming and, you know, going to school board meetings and worrying, you know, yelling about critical race theory? We see this in the news a lot. We haven't, or at least to the best of my knowledge, we haven't had any, you know, parents at the school board meetings yelling about critical race theory i have seen that as well you know on the news but i yeah parents go to the school board all the time to uh to air their grievances about you know what's going on at the school um that's that's pretty typical um generally i always think of those scenes in parks and rec when leslie nope and ron swanson have to sit in front of the board of the citizens and it's like the same citizens yelling out like the water is too crisp or like there are too many dogs in the park. That's what it always reminds me of. I had the, I had the bird flu. Now I'm afraid of the turtle flu. Yeah. yeah. The turtle flu. Exactly. That. And uh, the, the one lady who talks about the, um, the water in Ramsey park and how it says, don't drink. So oh yeah. Um, that's a great scene. Tea out of it. And then she gets an infection. Yeah. And, and Ron's in the swivel chair <laughs> and he just keeps swiveling around. That's such a great show. Isn't it hard to believe that at one point in time on NBC, they had Parks and Rec, The Office, and 30 Rock on at the same time, which were like three of the best comedies ever. I mean, seriously. Ooh, that's a scorching hot take. On NBC. Whoa, whoa. Do you not think those are three of the best comedies ever? No, I think, I think The Office is head and shoulders above both of them, but I think that Parks is funny. But I, I mean, 30 Rock, dude, come on, man. There's Seinfeld's so much funnier than that show. Oh, oh we should do oh, a, we'll no. do an audience oh, poll. No. What is funnier, 30 Rock or Seinfeld? Curb Your Enthusiasm also is funnier. I think. Well, Curb- thankfully, we can watch multiple television shows. So many people can. Not for long. Them. Not in Biden's America, Michael. Whoa, really bringing politics into it at the end. I thought this was a politics 
free podcast. It is a politics-free podcast. We hate all politicians. We hate all politicians. Yeah. But we're all going to get truth social accounts just to troll. Did you all see that, that Trump's new uh, social media account, somebody already went on there and got the at Donald Trump handle? So pretty silly on Trump's end. You think he would have, like, you think he would have, you know, made that one safer? I have no idea what his new social media platform is. Didn't what's he doing? Something called Getter or something? Or did I mean, no, it? no, no. Well, the news just came out today. Oh. Just Google uh, Truth Social. He's creating this new, so it's like the fourth MAGA social media account, <laughs> even though there's still MAGA Twitter and MAGA Facebook. So, like, all the MAGAs can get on their various social media platforms and air their maybe they'll have virtual school board meetings on there. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they will, but no, I hadn't heard that he had a new, new one. The last one I heard was called Getter or something. It's a, it's a joke. All that stuff's so stupid. I'm sure a bunch of guys in white framed Oakleys are going crazy for that app right <laughs> now. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Andrew, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. Everybody go check out Cass High School. It's a wonderful high school. They have really good-looking collared shirts. Andrew Let's do some score predictions before we hang up for uh, for the game uh, for the Georgia-Florida game. Oh, yeah. Let's do predictions. I'm saying 40-7, to 7, Georgia. Andrew? Well, I'm going to stick to my guns. Like I said earlier this year, Georgia's going to finish 7-5. and five and Oh, God. The losing streak starts now. I'm going to say 14-13, to 13, Florida. Oh, my God. That actually sounds like it could happen. Uh, I'm going to go... 28-23 dogs. Wow, that's close. All right, yeah. Oh, it's going to be – dude, they're going to get – this is it for Mullen. I think if he loses, they're going to fire him. Well, hopefully his wife can give him a nice big kiss to cheer him <laughs> up like she likes kissing. Yeah, she fighter. makes out with all the players before they get on the bus, Andrew. Did you know that? I did, and it's important that we keep telling people that. because It's important Mullen. that that keeps getting circulated. It, Dan, it is. Dan Mullen's wife kisses – the Florida players on the mouth before their games. Right. She loves giving them sloppy wet kisses like Tom. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the, what is it? The, the, that, that, oh, the groundhog sees its shadow. So Dan Mullen's wife makes out with the starting quarterback and that's how you know who's starting. So it's going to be Anthony Richardson. I think this weekend. <laughs> it's like, like so it's they, not going to be uh, oh. Emory Jones. Right. All it's right. Like they, like when they choose a new Pope and they get the smokestack above the Vatican, that's how Florida chooses their quarterback for the week. Only the Pope just ends up being Dan Mullen's wife making out with some players. Right, doing some t- doing some tongue twister, exactly. <laughs> no. All right, well, I'll leave it on the fact that the Braves just hit a two-run home run. Go, oh, Braves. Spoilers. Fred McGriff, spoilers. baby. Let's go. Spoilers, Are you not watching the game? Come on. I'm watching the, uh, the Canadians, I think. The Canadians versus the Florida Hur- – or the Carolina Hurricanes right now. A true, a true hockey rivalry right there. All right, Andrew, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, bye, guys. Later, boys. Bye.